I trust you have your Bibles. I want you to open to 2 Corinthians 2.14. We continue through the text. We come to a metaphor. We come to a word picture. Now, for all you grammarians out there, I will talk today about, matter of fact, the metaphor is about aroma. I will talk today about smell, something smelling good. I know that's bad English. I got it that good is an adjective and smell is a verb. But if I run through the whole sermon saying something smells well, you're going to be laughing the whole time and pay no attention to what I say. So we're going to look at the idea of aroma. It's an interesting metaphor, but it's one of the most powerful statements you're going to find in the entire Word of God. It's one of the reasons I love 2 Corinthians. I've talked to you before. There's no necessarily sequential arguments in this. It's Paul's passion of where he's living and what he's facing and what the church is going through, what he's facing internally, externally, what the church is going through internally, externally, and he's just pouring his heart out. Now, before we get into the text, remember, we talked a few weeks back about the fact that he fought wild beasts in Ephesus, that he thought that he was going to die. But it didn't happen. That God pulled him out of that mess. And so now in that context, listen to what he says, beginning in verse 14. Now we're going to look at 14, then we'll drop down the first part of 15, which is his statement about what we are. We're going to drop down to verse 17 about how that occurs, and then we'll drop back to 15 and 16 with the consequence of that. But listen to what he says in verse 14. Praise to God, who always makes us triumphant in Christ, now, if you're sitting in animal skins, and you're in the arena in Ephesus, and they let wild dogs on you, I don't know if at that moment you're going, I feel real triumphant in Jesus today. Last week, I uh, participated in a funeral for a lady who used to be a member here. She's now in Houston. Uh, great, godly lady. Died at what we would consider a young age left behind uh, kids from college down to, I think, age 12. Those kids are missing today a mom they loved. I doubt. If you sit down with them and say, how triumphant do you feel in Christ that they would say, feel great. Some of you today are living check to check. You're struggling financially, you're struggling with depression, you're struggling with a bunch of different things, and you're looking at your life going, you know, because here's what he says, praise be to God who always causes us to live triumphantly. And you're sitting there in your seat going, you know, that may be true for some other people who have a lot of money and they look good and things are working well out in their life, but that's not true for me. I don't feel real triumphant in my life. I want you to listen. Because what he's going to say in the metaphor of aroma is that our triumph is not based in our circumstances, good or bad. Our circumstances do not determine our triumph. If you ever equate your triumph with your circumstances, you're going to be extremely disappointed, particularly if what happens, the consequences of what happens to the aroma occur in your life. So it's not about your circumstances. It's about your aroma. Look at what he says. And we manifest the aroma of his knowledge through us in every place. Because, now listen to this. 
We are the aroma of Christ to God. Now listen to what he says. We are the smell of Jesus in our culture, but he says, to God. Now, when you come to the Old, Test- to the Old Testament, you have all these things about sacrifices, right? On the sacrifices, they would pour incense on the sacrifice to make the sacrifice smell good, to increase the sweetness of the odor. Now, the idea is when you turn, for example, to the book of Revelations, it talks about the fact that the prayers of the saints make the incense smell sweeter. So here's the picture. Your life is rooted on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But how you live in that sacrifice accentuates whether or not the Father smells sweetness in your life. Now again, okay, I say this every Sunday, we're not talking about perfection. But the idea is that you are to smell like Jesus in a way that the Father is warm. And blessed by the sweetness of the odor you give off to your culture. Now, how do we do that? Now look in verse 17. For we are not like the many who peddle the word of God. Here's the first thing he says. We don't do what we do. Preach the gospel, share it, open God's truth through the culture. We don't do that so that we can get anything out of it. Now, I know this is extreme. I got it. I want you to go home today and take your computer, your iPad, whatever you've got, and Google these words. Ken Copeland, Jesse Duplantis, and Airplane. Now, I know it's extreme. But there's actually a conversation. Matter of fact, it's taken off a couple of websites, but it's still on YouTube. God bless YouTube. It's still on YouTube. But it's Jesse and Ken who both have like $40 million airplanes. And they're talking about how they have to have the airplanes, $40 million a piece, to be able to live for Jesus well. Because, here's what they said. This is my favorite. You can't pray on a commercial airline. Now, I'm going to tell you, my wife hates flying. She prays every time we get on there. <laughs> but that's what they say. And one of their arguments is that Oral Roberts, when he was famous, and would fly commercial, this is what they said. All sorts of people would come up to him and ask him to pray for them and bother him with their prayer request. Oh, I didn't know. We weren't supposed to pray for other people. I, I, I didn't realize that. But then they talk about the fact, how can you get on a commercial airliner that's a long tube filled with demons? Okay, I've been on some flights like that. I'm good with that concept. But they basically talked about the fact that they could not really pray in here from God unless they're in their $40 million jet. Now, that, I realize is extreme, But that is peddling the word of God for profit. He says, that's not what we do. 
He says, we preach the gospel, look at this, sincerely. In other words, we're honest about what we say. Now, sincerely. Now, let me explain something. All of us in this room are at some point hypocritical. All of us, Bible says to love our wives, all of us as husbands sometimes blow that. We're hypocritical. Sometimes we don't love our children, we're hypocritical. Sometimes we don't forgive people. We're hypocritical, but hypocrite is that you are not a believer and you speak as truth. I don't know how many of us are hypocrites. It's interesting, the Greek word hypocrite is like the Greek word baptize. We don't translate it. Baptizo is the Greek word, so when we say baptize, we're just sounding it out. Hypocrite's the same thing. It comes from the Greek word hypocrites. So we're not translating it because the actual translation of the word is actor. In those days, they had two or three people that were in a play. They didn't have these major productions like we did. They only had, they had major productions of only two or three people, so they would come out different dress and wear a mask. I don't know if you saw the YouTube video of Jimmy Fallon and Billy Crystal holding up the magazine covers and mimicking different voices. I'm telling you, that was hysterical. But that's exactly the idea of hypocrite. You wear a mask, but what you are when you take the mask down is not what the mask is. If you were a believer in Jesus Christ, then you are not a hypocrite. You may be hypocritical, you may make some mistakes, but you are not a hypocrite. You are sincere in who you are. Now, watch what he says. Here's how we become the aroma of Christ. He says, we don't peddle the word of God for profit, but out of sincerity, because we're believers, look at this. As from God, in the sight of God, in Christ, we speak. Now, there's what you do. Now, listen to what he just said. Out of God, in other words, the source of the truth I bring is from him. It's in his sight, so he's okay with the truth that I'm bringing, and he's okay with the way I bring it. The Bible says speak the truth in love. So if I don't speak the truth, he's not okay with it. His sight doesn't like it. If I bring the truth, but I bring it in a mean, cantankerous way, then he doesn't, in his sight, address that well either. So I bring the truth in love. In Christ, in other words, I am honest because I am in Jesus. I'm a believer. So what makes me the aroma of God in the world is this simple thing. I take God's truth that he's okay with, in a way that when he looks down, he likes what I'm doing, I take his truth into my culture. Now, understand that. Okay? Before we get to the con, to what's going to happen to you if you do it, before we get there, let's be clear. You're not perfect, but if you're a believer, and you take his truth, and you give it to your culture in a way that when he looks down, he says, I'm good with that. If he does that, if I go to the culture, now listen, if I go to the culture and I say, I think Jesus Christ is the only redemption we have with the Creator. I think that we're in rebellion against the Creator on this planet, but that He sent Jesus Christ and He's my forgiveness and okay with that creator but he's the only forgiveness that would be sharing the truth if I give the culture God's viewpoint of marriage 
If I give the culture God's viewpoint of physical intimacy between people, the fully orbed view of physical intimacy, then I am doing exactly what God says. If I stand for life, and not death, then I'm bringing God's truth that he approves of into the culture. If I do those things sweetly and kindly and lovingly, then he looks down, he, I'm legit. At which point now, now listen, at which point if I bring his truth in his way that he looks down and he's okay with, I then, according to this, and the aroma of Jesus in the world. Now, that aroma, now hear what he says. That aroma is not a whiff. It is pungent. It is huge. The worst The worst smelling odor in the universe is a junior high boy's locker room. <laughs> nothing, nothing smells that bad. And they add to that odor every day. It's vile. It's foul. It's loud. But an amazing thing could occur with a junior high boy. He can come out of that locker room, look across the way, and see a girl and go, Wow good looking and then he makes a discovery he discovers the word cologne and no matter what his father tells him son just a little bit will work at some point he thinks you know if a little bit works it ought to really do good and now there's a totally different order. And he can make that shift in a matter of moments. Matter of fact, you can go and tell a little boy with his first experience with cologne, if you put him on the steps of the admin building at Texas A&M University and the wind's right, you can smell him in here. <laughs> because it is pungent. Both odors are pungent. That is what we are. When we go out... And we lovingly, in a way that God looks down and says, I'm good. We bring his truth, not ours, his truth to the culture that is decaying around us. And we bring his truth in a loving way where the aroma of Jesus Christ, listen, we become a pungent aroma. And here's what happens. Look at verse 15. Because we're the aroma of Christ to God among those being saved and among those perishing. So again, the Bible puts two categories, those being saved, those not being saved. Now watch what he says. On the one hand, from death to death. On the other hand, life to life. In other words, when we bring that pungent smell of Jesus into the culture, there will be one of two reactions. People will look at us like a junior high locker room and go, wow, that is and then people will look at us the other way and go, that's the sweetest smell I've ever seen. Now, what creates that? Here's what happens. I had a lady Facebook message me this week with a great question. She talked about the fact there's a lady at her work 
she said, her words, is seeking Jesus. But she's not there. So she asked me, there was a certain subject the lady was asking about in regard to Christianity. She said, do you have any books that would be good for a seeker to read? Now, I don't think this lady would put herself in this context, but here's what's happened. This lady that Facebook messaged me is the aroma of Christ at her work. And this lady, because see, there are three ways you react to odor. One, you're repulsed by it. Two, you're drawn by it. But number three, here's what happens sometimes. You walk in a room, you smell something, you don't know what it is, and you will turn and try to find the source of that odor. This lady smells like Jesus. This lady in her work has detected that odor, that aroma, and she has turned to this lady because this is the source of the aroma. And now she is seeking, unknowingly, she is seeking what is causing the aroma. Now, one of two things will happen. She will, in the process of basking in this aroma and seeking the source, she will at some point, have the Holy Spirit speak to her and say, the source of the sweetness you smell is the forgiveness of Jesus through his blood on the cross. At which point, she will then make one of two decisions. She will say, you know what? I want that. I am a sinner. I have rebelled against the creator. I've done some things. I've got some guilt. I want that stuff gone. I want to be forgiven. I want to be restored. I want a relationship with Jesus. And when she embraces Jesus now, that odor that drew her is now a sweet, smelling, pungent thing every time she's around it. So every time she runs into somebody that believes what she believes about Jesus, there is a sweetness to them in her life. But if, she comes to the source of this order, and the Holy Spirit speaks to her, and she says, you know what? I still got some things I enjoy doing. I don't want to give them up. I don't want this Jesus stuff. I don't want really to be forgiven because I don't really want to change what I am. This aroma that she has come to the source of will become for her a foul-smelling stench. That is exactly what he said. So understand. And let's be clear. This verse has never happened in America until now. We have always been a sweet smelling aroma across the board in America. But our culture has flipped and now we are exactly this. You go into our culture and you say that you believe Jesus is the only way. Those that believe what we believe, it will be a sweet odor to them. But those that don't believe that, you will be a foul, repugnant smell in their life. I read the other day, they were talking about Hillary being uh, indicted. And here's what it said. 71% of the Democrats said, we don't care. Whether or not she's indicted, we want her anyway. We've come to a place where our culture doesn't 
value character. They value success. So when we go out here and we say, you know what? God values character far more than success. Our culture, if they're not embraced with Jesus, is repulsed by that. When you stand and you are the aroma of Jesus in America today, those who share your love of Jesus, you will be the sweetest thing in their life. But those that do not share that, you will be the most foul smell they deal with. And they will react to you one of two ways. But I get to, in the middle of my life, no matter what my circumstances are, no matter how much money I have or don't have, no what kind of car I drive, what kind of home I live in, what kind of clothes I wear, what I have or don't have doesn't matter. I have the opportunity to step out tomorrow and smell like Jesus in a culture that needs everything he offers. That's why it says, who in the world is sufficient for these things? (laughs) Not one of us. You're not sufficient for it, I'm not sufficient for it. That's the cool thing, though. Even though we're not sufficient for it, it's what we are. We are his aroma to a decaying culture. Because it's not based on our sufficiency, it's based on his glory. That's why the Bible says, Christ in you, the hope. The certainty of glory. He doesn't say we will be. He says we are the aroma. So when you get up in the morning, here's what you want to pray. When you get up in the morning, you want to say, God, at work, with my friends, in my home, wherever I eat, whatever I do, today, I want you to look down and see me, I want to smell like Jesus today. Let's pray. Father, what an opportunity we have. Father, we face either blessing or backstabbing based on whether or not we bring your truth to this world. Thank you for the privilege and the chance to smell like your son in a world that only knows decay. Let us do that well in this coming week. In Jesus Christ's name. With your heads bowed, eyes closed. Staff and I here at the front, if you have never met Jesus. Voice is the day to do that. If you know him, but you have struggled in this arena, we want you to come down. If we need to pray with you, we will be glad to do that. If you're not a member here and you don't want to join, but you want somebody to pray with you, we'll be glad to do that. We'll be here throughout the entire invitation, offering, and song. God's calling you to be a part of this fellowship. We want you to do that. So as he speaks to your heart this morning, you respond.